You're listening to the Champ Off-Road Podcast, presented by Amswell. Hello and welcome to the Champ Off-Road Podcast, presented by Amsoil. Shane Stetsny here, and this is the last podcast before the final rounds of the 2022 season. Crandon International Raceway World Championship Weekend just around the corner. Points championships on the line. This is the most dramatic weekend in short course every single year. If you don't believe me, coming into this weekend, look at some of those point standings. 570 side-by-sides. Top two are tied in that one. Pro-Am side-by-side. Those two drivers separated by three points. The top two in short course cart separated by nine. Super buggy. Three drivers separated by 14 points. Then you look at the pros, and remember, other than pro spec, all the other pro classes only have one points round remaining on Saturday. Pro spec, two drivers separated by two points. Pro light, three drivers separated by three points. And in pro two, the top two separated only by two. Crandon, Labor Day weekend provides the biggest crowd, all the fanfare, It all starts with the parade on Friday morning, downtown Crandon, 9 a.m. Central Time. All the drivers will be down there mixing, mingling with all the fans, all the locals, all the people that travel from all over the country to come see Championship Off-Road at Crandon International Raceway. And we have another action-packed podcast for you leading into this final weekend. Three different guests on this one. First up, here is the conversation that Brent and I had earlier with the current ProLite points leader, Kyle Greaves. Our next guest on the podcast this afternoon is Kyle Greaves. How's it going, Kyle? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just getting ready for the final weekend of Champ Off-Road. It's obviously a big weekend ahead of you. You're leading ProLite points by uh, one point with another driver, just two points behind him. But I want to go back. I feel like you've been building to this point for a couple of years now. I want to go back to 2020. You came into Crandon, the final rounds with the points lead, just like this year, and then some mechanical issues cost you that championship. Is that still on your mind at all, or have you put that to bed long ago? Um, I mean, it's it's always on my mind. You know, I think for every racer, until you beat it, um, it's still going to be in the back of their mind. But um, we're just going to go there. We went completely through the whole truck, um, top to bottom, and uh, did everything we can do. So basically, it's up to me and our team to uh, put the the best setup at it so we can just go out there and have a killer race. You know, it's been a, it's been a weird year with a lot of carnage, a lot of bad races between all of us. We're just putting that behind us and uh, we're going to go racing at Cranon and have some fun. It's kind of fitting that you brought that up. Uh, we actually had Jarrett Brooks on the last podcast and he said the same thing about pro two. He said that nobody in the class has had a really good year, but I mean, you're still in the mix What's different about this year compared to last year? Because last year you actually had a pretty good year, but, I mean, you ran headfirst into Brock Hager having one of the best seasons ever. So what's different this year? Do you think you just have better luck, or have you approached this year differently from the last couple of years? Through the off season, we worked on our truck a lot, and we put the LS engine in it, which is taking another factor out since we're now all with the same engine. So now it's all about the driver and setup, and it's not – you know, we had a Dodge last year, so it was a carbureted engine, and we were mm-hmm. down a little bit on power. And I think that's that was in my mind all last year that I felt like I was struggling because I was down on power. But, you know, we didn't know that for sure until we got this engine in it. And 
it's definitely it's definitely nicer, um, easier to work on and work with. You know, I think uh, I want to say that Brock just used up his luck last year because that's part of racing. CJ Greaves did it uh, in side by sides a couple years ago, won every single race, and that was the year that I raced him in pro stock. So it's just a racing thing, and we're uh, we're hoping that we're just getting that much better each year that we're not letting him get far enough away to just take the points early. Hey, Kyle, did you expect to come into this season and be where you're at right now, like at the end of the year, this close in the points? From the start of the year, we weren't thinking that we were going to be where we're at. You know, then we went to Crandon and we won the first day and then we ended up second the second day and Brock had a DNF and that was probably our biggest field. Um, so a DNF at the beginning of the year is, you know, it, it hurts you big time in points. So, but he's been, uh, you know, he's the man to beat. So we're just out there to hopefully kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so looking at this weekend, obviously you have one round to go for pro light, three guys separated by three points. Depending on how you guys qualify, it could literally come down to which of you three finishes first on the racetrack. So how do you prepare yourself mentally for that kind of challenge? Do you, uh, does that extra level of pressure like excite you and focus you even more? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely uh, a nervous guy when it comes to racing. Um, just because, you know, my business is based around off-road racing. So for our team to do good, it shows good with our business. So but I'm, I'm pretty good at self-motivating, you know, and, and our, our whole goal at this race is to qualify good, hopefully not get screwed by the inversion, and then hopefully pull the whole shot. And as long as you get a good start, you should be able to manage whatever setup you have. But, you know, it also comes down to not making any mistakes. So, like, your approach, like, during the race, like, does it change your strategy going in, like, saying that, you have to go in this weekend and thinking about those points. You you are very, very nervous, but is there a Kyle Greaves part where you just set it all aside and when that green flag flies, you just do your thing? Yeah, I mean, now that we're so close in points, you know, you have to go at it like it's a cup race. You know, everybody wants to win. And between the three of us, one of us has to win or beat the other to take the championship. And that's what it's going to come down to. You know, it's it's almost not even points involved anymore. It's just to go out there and do your best and hope you can beat the other guys. So as far as like mid race strategy, obviously your spotter is going to be telling you exactly where those guys are. Can you even really have a strategy or is it going to be just too hectic and you just have to get out there and run hard? Yeah. You just got to go out there and race, race your heart out and uh, just hope that you make it through. We try our best to, you know, if we're leading, I don't want to know who's behind me. I just want to know how far back they are because right. all that does is make you think like, oh, man, you know, Brock Hager's in second. He just caught me a second that lap. Like, I don't want to know that it's him. I just want to know that he's there. And if he's coming in on my inside, I need to figure out how to change up my line and not let him do that the next lap. Out of you three, it seems like that Trey Gibbs, he really does have a lot of momentum, a lot of great things going on does that really put a lot of stress and weight on your mind trying to focus on this championship yeah I mean he started out pretty good at Anago and then kind of went backwards a little bit but you know Brock and I both had a couple of bad races and he just kept kept ticking away and getting podiums and um, a couple wins so he's he's right there and 
you know, Cole Mamer is one at Crandon, so he knows, Cole Mamer has worked on that truck, so he knows that truck and knows what that setup should probably be that's right, probably right. going to win, and um, we're just going to focus on our truck and try not to worry about what other trucks are doing, you know. We're just going to do our thing and go have fun, because when you don't have fun, it's 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 not racing anymore. So you mentioned that you're a nervous driver. How do you manage that? I mean, when you're sitting on the line in staging, when it's five minutes to go, how do you manage that stress? I'm always fascinated to hear this from drivers. Um, you know, I'm I'm definitely uh, like a anxious, fidgety person. So uh, as long as I have somebody there to talk to, it it takes my mind off it. And uh, Cranon's honestly the worst because you sit at the start line looking at the end of the straightaway, and there's a blue wall at the end, and you're just sitting there staring at it for five minutes until as soon as that green flag goes all the nerves all the stress everything is gone and you're just you're in your zone and you're out there doing what you love hey so looking ahead to the task at hand here obviously this is the biggest race in the champ off-road circuit probably going to be the biggest short course race weekend of all time at Crandon this weekend does that atmosphere add any pressure for you or do you make it a point to try to enjoy the spectacle of the whole event you know i i just want to enjoy it and take it all in because not everybody gets the experience that us racers do and having 50 60 000 fans there and uh having people come around to our pit you know saying like hey man we're rooting for you we hope you get this championship it's unreal honestly to me just coming from you know i was always in the background of john and tj and and just seeing what everybody came and talked to them because you know, they're kind of a hometown track. And I just, I honestly love the atmosphere of Fall Cranon because there's so much hype for that race. Do you think it's an advantage for you that you grew up around it? Like maybe it doesn't seem as big to you or the, the novelty is kind of worn off for you compared to some of the guys who've only been racing here a couple of years? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I think they enjoy it just as much as I have. You know, I'm 25 years old. I've going, been going there my entire life. And I still, you know, there's, there's years when it's raining that you, you kind of think back like, man, I, I don't know if I really want to be here on a cold rainy weekend, but um, the next year you go there and it's even bigger because people didn't get to go there last year. And uh, I just think it's a awesome, positive atmosphere that you can be at. We're talking, I mean, your points weekend's huge for you, but we talk about the world cup on Sunday. There's no points. Everything is left on the table. Last race of the season. Do you worry about that race at all? Or are you just going to let the dust settle with the championship and then focus for Sunday? Yeah. I mean, basically Sunday is like, uh, you just go out there and, you know, you, you don't want to wreck your stuff, but obviously everybody goes out there to win. Even if you're racing for fifth right now, we're just focused on Saturday's race, Friday's qualifying or Thursday qualifying. And hopefully our truck isn't destroyed and we can go race Sunday. Um, so I, I don't even think about Sunday's race yet. So it's Monday night. What, that'd be three nights until uh, qualifying practice day. What does the rest of this uh, half a week look like to you? Right now, obviously, you're you're near the shop in Green Bay, but what, what does the rest of the week look like for you? How hectic is it? Um, Actually, not bad. We're just getting ready to load up the truck right now. Tomorrow, we'll just uh, kind of hang out, relax a little bit, get the campers and motorhomes ready. And then uh, Wednesday, you head up there and load in everybody's going to be there i think at 8 a.m on wednesday which you know it sucks for a lot of people because 
you know, if you're from the Midwest, most people have real jobs. And for us being a small budget team, we don't have people to be there and help set up. So it gets, it gets a little difficult at the track, but we manage and we just uh, all love being there. How many people are on your team? Um, so I have, obviously it's myself and my father. Um, my brother came in this year and is helping out. Um, Isaac has been helping us for, I think this is his third year now. My mom, my girlfriend, my brother's fiance. And then I also have my buddy, Matt, that is racing under, out of my tent this year in sports and side-by-side. So he's been doing really good. And whoever we can find for the weekends, you know, some people can't make it. So we got to hopefully work with somebody else to make everything happen. I do my best to uh, um, get them there and pay for everything. And they take time off of work and they come to the shop on weekends, some uh, weekdays at night, um, depending on how much work we got. So I definitely can't thank any of them enough because if it wasn't for them, we definitely wouldn't be doing what we're doing. Well, hey, Kyle, we appreciate you taking some time in the uh, busiest week of the off-road season. One last question before you go. Who is going to be the ProLite points champ, and why will it be you? Well, I definitely believe it's me because uh, this is this is our year to, to take this one away from Brock, and uh, we are doing everything we can possibly do to make sure that Brock does not win the championship. <laughs> well, good luck to you, buddy. I hope the best, and it's it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited. We're uh we're ready. We're ready to take this one. What one last follow up question? I lied before. Are you excited to race against Brent? Brent, yeah, I forgot. Brent is racing uh, a pro light this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Yeah, how was it? It was good. It was it lands really really hard to be honest. <laughs> but other other than that, it it was fun. It was I didn't get very many laps. We had some ignition problems, but Matt and the guys and John Holger Racing got it all figured out and trucks ready to go and. It was a fun ride. Definitely one of the funnest things I've drove yet. Yeah, they they definitely beat the hell out of you. That's for sure. <laughs> that's that's you talking as a uh, twenty five year old, and Brent's like thirty eight. So <laughs> hey, I'm thirty seven, dude. 37. His old his old bones can't handle the impact. <laughs> Three years of pro light, I feel like I'm about thirty five right now. <laughs> He's catching up, shape. <laughs> well, hey man, best of luck to you this weekend. We'll for sure catch up with you at the track, and we hope it all goes well for you in the final round. Sounds good, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Amsoil. Champ Off-Road fans, remember to visit Amsoil.com for products that protect and maximize performance in all your vehicles and motorized toys. Use the convenient Amsoil product guides to find what you need and get fast, free shipping on all orders over $100. Amsoil, run with us. Well, next up, we'll talk to another one of those drivers locked in that three-way battle in Pro-Lite. This time... It's a conversation Brent and I had with Trey Gibbs from ProLite. Our next guest on the Champ Off-Road podcast presented by Amsoil, currently third in ProLite points, trailing only by three points. It is Trey Gibbs. How's it going, Trey? Pretty good, pretty good. How about yourself? Just ready for the uh, big show. Oh, yeah. Me and you both. The whole season has been leading up to this exact race. So, Trey, it it feels weird to call you a rookie, but this year rookie season in ProLite, to make you become a competitive driver so quickly, is it your background that has made it look so easy from our eyes? Um, you know, I've been I've been asked that question several times, and uh, what I've told everyone is just my up and coming ranks and how many cars and everything I've kind of been through to put me in this exact position is really I think kind of what 
allowed me to go out there and perform the way I did. I mean, going from the mod cart and then to the desert and then to the pro buggy, it just, my thing is I've tried to have my hands behind any type of four-wheel drive car. Just anything with four wheels and a steering wheel, I've tried to put myself in the position of driving. And the way I look at it is, is everything I can get in teaches me a new lesson. So everything that I've learned up until this point has allowed me to go out there and do what I did this season. So as in my rookie year in the pro light, um, I wasn't expecting to do as well as I did, but it just kind of getting in that truck, everything kind of clicked and uh, it wound up pretty, pretty damn well, if I must say. So what was your actual goal coming into this year? I mean, you had a couple of weekends under your belt racing out West, but you come into champ off road pro light class, probably one of the most stacked pro light classes we've had in the Midwest in like two decades. What were your goals? What were your expectations? Honestly, my goal for overall coming into the season, I set it two goals for myself. It was to win rookie of the year and get at least one podium. And after Anigo, I had the back-to-back podiums, and I said, "All right, this is going to be my season. Let's lay it down and show them what we can do." So it's it's been a it's been a damn good season for me. I've had some very very lucky races and just some overall awesome battles that I couldn't have ever imagined happening this season. And overall, it's it's been a great season, and uh, you know I'm I'm looking looking to end it end it this season, hopefully with the championship. So you've been you've been in like similar spots in Super Buggy as well as the carts. I mean, do you have a lot of pressure on yourself going into this week? And how do you prepare for a big race weekend like Cran? And everyone knows it's the big show. So how do you prepare to get that done? With it being my rookie season, it's dead red. I really don't have any any pressure. All I got to do is go out there and be what I do what I've been doing all season. I'm kind of putting everything on Kyle and Brock this season. It's uh it's this last race. It's they're the ones who have been competing for this championship. And I plan on coming in, playing a little head game here and there, kind of poking a little bit, kind of seeing if I can ruffle some feathers because uh, <laughs> I really don't have anything to lose. The way I look at it is this is my first season in the truck. I'm putting my head down, and uh, I'm going to go out there and see what I can do. If it works, it works. But if not, I got plenty of seasons left in the truck. So Brent mentioned that, uh, you know, you won a championship in the buggy out west. Kind of a similar situation. It was a battle that came right down to the final weekend, single-digit points. Do you lean on that experience right now, knowing that you've kind of been there before? Yeah, no, absolutely. For some reason, every time it comes down to me and championships, even like in the mod card, it came down to the last weekend, two points gap, and the same thing in the buggy. There's only like one or two points difference. And, uh, you know, we've, we've sealed, sealed the deal in both the classes. So for some reason, things have always kind of seemed to work out for me in the end. So... I'm coming into the final weekend, just going to do what I know I can do, and uh, I'm going to go out there and have fun. Let, hopefully let the pressure get to the rest of the guys and just go out there and do my thing. So it comes down to this. It's one race left for Pro Light. Like I said, you're trailing by three points. Does that just give you a little bit extra juice? Like, Does that make you even more excited to get on the track and see how it shakes out? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely does. With being that close my rookie season, it's uh, it's like, all right, well, we really don't have anything to lose. Let's go out there and give it my all. I know my team's ready. I'm ready. The truck's looking better than ever before. And uh, thankfully with Cole Mamer on my side, I know he's had some pretty, pretty quick uh, setups at Crandon. So I know we got the truck to, hopefully the truck to beat this weekend. And uh, if I can hit my marks right off the back, I don't think they're going to touch us. So when it comes down to it, this race really for the championship doesn't really matter where you finish as long as you finish ahead of the other guys 
does that change your strategy at all? Or do you not think about it in those terms? It's just another race and you want to do what you've been doing that's made you successful. The way I've always looked at a championship deciding race is you can't think about it too much because that's when you make the mistakes. So I've always looked at it is go out there as just another race. It's beginning of the season, middle of the season, and you're just going out there trying to finish as best as you can. Let the rest of the racers work out their own issues or situations. And if it works, it works. If not, I'll see you next season. Like you're up against Kyle Greaves, Brock Hager, now Trey. I mean, you're a very, very confident guy. It's it's really cool and fun to watch you run. Like you have all your ducks in a row. And talking about Cole Mamer, he just dominated in Falkran and last year. And you're coming to Kyle Greaves, pretty much hometown track. Brock Hager pass champion i mean do you feel like you're the guy to watch or do you feel like you're the underdog that's a that's a hard thing to say i will i'll give myself the underdog card just because hager and kyle are both returning returning vets i guess you'd call them so in in a way in essence i am the underdog but i feel like in another side of it that i've proven myself not to be the underdog this season but Right. In championship form or in championship runnings, I guess I would be the underdog this season. But as always, we've all seen the movies where you always got to watch the underdog, the uppercomer. Hey, so Crandon, the track itself, that's the only track that you didn't finish on the podium at uh, so far this year, but you have won there before in the buggy. How challenging is it, especially in such a stacked field in pro light, to run up near the front at Crandon? And what about Crandon is uniquely challenging? Oof, that's a hard situation. Um, so the first first or the first two rounds, I guess you the first weekend at Crandon, it was a rough weekend for my team and I. We were struggling with transmission problems. We uh we tried trying to do make a little change in the transmission and ended up kinda of biting us in the rear end. But we got all that all figured out. So we ended up we went testing about two weeks ago and we put down some scary, scary fast lap times, the uh, truck converter everything was just on point. We ended up, we found out that uh, the track actually brought in a whole bunch of dirt. So we were able to kind of figure out our shock setup, a tire setup and a converter and everything third member. It was, it was a big difference from the first Crandon. So I feel like we kind of got a little, little heads up coming into this last weekend, but you know, I'm coming in with the head high. Uh, like I said, I ran some very, very quick lap times according to Cole which he's, he said he's never seen a pro like go that fast around that track. So I think we, uh, yeah, we was, got some serious speed. No, he was, he was running pro two lap times. I'm pretty sure. Hey, Shane last year. Yeah. Very close to it. He's like some 127 of the, yeah. something. It was crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he, he said that what the lap times that I was throwing down, I, he wouldn't even show them to me just because he didn't want, I didn't want, he didn't want me to kind of get like any ideas or anything, but he said that was the fastest pro light he's ever seen on Crandon. So needless to say, we got, we got some good things coming into this last weekend, but I don't know. I just, I'm like, I said, I'm going into it just kind of like whatever, whatever happens, happens. I'm going to go out there Stay have out a good the time and hopefully put on a damn good show. So how closely do you actually work with Cole Mamer? I mean, is he kind of helping coach you this entire time or do you just kind of bounce things off him every once in a while? Oh no, we uh we work in the same shop. So he actually has a shop, and he allowed me to work and put my truck in and all my guys in there. So we're we're pretty much one giant race team family. So we uh nice. we try to park next to each other as much as we can. We bounce ideas back and forth. I'll come to him saying, "Well, the truck's doing this," and then he'll say, "Well, I need to change up this," or 
we bounce a lot of ideas back and forth. That, and I think that's kind of what makes us one of the stronger teams out there is with his the pastimes in a ProLite truck and me with everything with everything that I've been through, we're, uh, we're able to bounce a lot of ideas back and forth just to see if it would make the truck faster, which I think has given us a big advantage this year. And like I said, yet again, it's my rookie season. I'm still trying to learn this truck and see what I can really do. So needless to say, there's a lot to come in the future. Yeah, it's really clear, though, that uh, just the way you talk about working with Cole, that he's given you an absolute mountain of confidence, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, he... So he worked with the the Matag family and built one hell of a truck. And even the beginning of the season, he said, this truck's going to do some things I've never seen a pro-light do before. All you got to do is drive it. So he gave me one mission, one mission only, and that was to go out there and drive the hell out of it. So I'm I'm still trying to learn to see how far I can really push it. And uh, I still think I got another 20% I can push that truck. That sounds like bad news for the other guys. Absolutely. Hey, Trey, so coming into the – Big weekend, Labor Day weekend. I mean, the parade. I mean, all the people. Does that add a lot of pressure with the atmosphere the way it is? No, I enjoy it. Honestly, it kind of it kind of roots me on in a way. It's like coming down the front stretch. You almost have a split second to kind of like look over and see everyone as they're coming <laughs> down, like coming around turn one. Like that's just another kind of reinforcement. And like go out there and kick some ass, put on a good show. That's that's the way I've always looked at it. It's like you're on the racetrack, but you're really here to put on a good show for everyone. Do you make it a point to kind of soak in the moment too? I mean, when you're sitting back in the pits and you've got fans lined up five people deep around your hauler, do you try to soak that in as much as you can and enjoy it for what it is? Absolutely. Absolutely. I try to take – because you never know. The I will say the best part about it is having a little kid run up to you and ask for your autograph or ask to sign a hat or sign a poster. It's like – the light that shines in these little kids' eyes and yeah. something as simple as my autograph or a picture that can make these kids' year is the best thing ever. Like, it's something that it takes me 30 seconds out of my day that I can make a kid month or a year. It's like, I, I wouldn't trade it for a thing. So that's when, that's when I get these lines of these kids or even on a bad day after a race and a kid comes up so asking for an autograph or a picture. It only takes me 30 seconds and it's something something as simple as signing an autograph and I can make this kid's day. Absolutely. I try to soak in every second that I can of that. Cause the way I look at it is who knows how long I'll be racing. And at this point, I'm just going to enjoy every second that I can. That answer actually brought a smile to my face and I am sure it did right. for Brent too. Cause yeah. Brent and I were both little kids at the racetrack. So uh, we've been on the other side of it. So it's cool that uh, the next generation of drivers are still looking at it in that way. Yeah, it's so cool, dude. It's we look we look up to people along our journey in off road racing. I remember being a kid, kid going up to Scotty Taylor and Ricky Johnson, and one poster or those autographs that we got. Like, man, we got Scott Taylor's autograph. So I, that's so cool. You give back and you you have a heart. It's awesome. No, yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the big things is like. Before I was racing, I was one of those kids that was running around the pit, going to each, each pit, asking for the autographs. And it was like those guys that took that extra 30 seconds or took that minute to actually talk to the fans was the thing that actually like made the experience for me. So that's, that was one thing that I've always been a huge fan of. I knew one thing that I told myself that I was always going to do is if someone asks for a picture or an autograph, I will always take the time to sign something to someone. So, hey, looking at uh, the rest of the weekend, obviously your uh, do-or-die situation for 
the final points round. Then on Sunday, you've got the World Cup race. Nothing on the line except bragging rights and a championship ring and a lot of money. Is that even on your mind right now, or are you not even thinking about that until the dust settles on Saturday night? Not even thinking about that until the dust settles. My main focus is that race on Saturday. Up until then, nothing else matters. So our our last question of the night, who will be the points champ and why if it's you? You know, I've, as always, I I hope it's myself, but I can't really say why. I mean, all these guys, I can't say that I put in more work than someone else or I put in more time or I have a better truck than everyone else. It's uh, everyone's out there grinding. Was, uh, these top five, top three guys, me, Brock, and Kyle, are we're do or die right now. You know, we're all we're all putting in the same time. We're all putting in the same work. It's uh, we all have the same amount of guys working for us. It's the amount of hours isn't countless or isn't able to be counted. So you know, the way I look at it is whatever happens happens. It's either going to be me, Kyle, or Brock, and it's just kind of the best man wins at this point. Well, I tell you what, for uh, Brent and myself, and I know a lot of the fans out there, we're looking forward to that pro light race as possibly the best race of the weekend and maybe the best race of the whole season. So best of luck to you. And uh, we appreciate you taking some time with us. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you guys, thank you for having me on. Yeah. Thanks man. You take care and safe travels. To Brandon. Sounds good. See you boys soon. No doubt. A lot to look forward to in pro light. I'm singling that race out as possibly the most exciting race on the schedule for Crandon International Raceway. It might be the most exciting race we've seen in the history of Champ Off-Road, and I cannot wait to get to it. Next up here on the podcast, our third and final guest of the show from ProSpec. She is currently two points behind the leader in that class, entering the final two rounds for ProSpec. It's Gray Ledbetter. Welcome to the show, Gray. Uh, nice to see you guys. Nice to be here. Hey, so I, I want to talk about this weekend and the task at hand, but first a little bit about your background. You've competed in just about any kind of racing that has a, an engine and tires, and you've been racing competitively for a long time already, even though you're just a teenager still. At what point did you realize that you wanted to pursue racing as a career and not just a hobby? I think, um, I don't really know where to start. I started when I was three years old, so I kind of just kept with it. And I tried other things, like, for example, my mom put me in soccer when I was like six or seven years old. And I literally got kicked out of soccer because I sucked so bad at it. <laughs> so when I kind of, that kind of hit me and I was like, okay, well, I think I'm going to continue racing because it's one thing that I know I'm good at. And then I kind of just stuck with it. And now here we are. So along the way, you've had opportunities to work with some of the best names in all of motorsports, not just off-road racing, but even in your short, short course career so far, you've gotten to work with Johnny and CJ Greaves. Now you're working with Ryan Bede and his super talented, humongous RBM team. How much of your success this year and even your development as a driver over the last couple of years comes from working alongside people like that? I mean, yeah, it's insane. I took the Greaves as family and now I take Ryan B and his whole team and family as family. And it's one of the things that they're just normal people to me. So I don't see them as the big people in the motorsport until I step back and actually look at it. And I'm like, oh. I'm really racing or have raced with some of the biggest names in off-road. And it's just incredible. It's an incredible opportunity to have. What about some of the off-track stuff? Because I noticed you're obviously very good at marketing yourself on social media. And that's kind of the name of the game as far as racing as a business goes. How much of that have you picked up from those people, especially Ryan Beat, who's really good at the marketing side himself? 
I mean, yeah, for sure. It's um, definitely plays a role. Social media is one of the biggest things there is. And um, Ryan B is very, very good at social media. Johnny and CJ, CJ's pretty good at it, but you can tell it's, it's CJ. And then Johnny's, you know, older. So <laughs> he, he's as good as he can at it. But um, no, being with Ryan this year, especially, it's um, he's definitely taught me a lot for it. So what about the challenges that come with being a teenager and I guess for lack of a better way to put it, kind of trying to figure out your life alongside of being a pro driver. Is that tough for you to juggle all that? I mean, when I was 17 years old, I was just trying to get through high school, but you've got this whole other crazy thing going on. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not the easiest thing at times, but you kind of just get used to it in a way. I mean, when you've done it since you were three years old, you don't really know anything different. So it kind of just goes along as is and you just kind of go with it. (laughs) But your dad is kind of alongside you at every step too, right? So you're leaning on him quite a bit? Absolutely. And unlike a lot of racers, especially here in short course, you're a first generation racer. So, you know, how how big of a role does he play in what you do being that he doesn't have a background in motorsports? Um, he has definitely gotten me to where I am today. There's no way I would have been at without him. Um, since I am first generation, we never obviously expected it. Nobody anticipated it. I actually growing up on dirt bikes, my dad when I was racing probably 50s, he was like, if you quit now, we can go get a pool and we can go to Disney World every weekend and we can travel here and here and here. And he would do anything in his power. I mean, he's been my biggest supporter ever since I was three years old, but he did everything in his power to get me to quit until I was about on 65. And then he was like, okay, she's taking this serious. I guess I will too. And one thing led after another. And like I said, now we're here. <laughs> so are there moments where you kind of step back and have to pinch yourself and kind of appreciate the things you've already accomplished even early on in a career? I mean, you were the first champ off-road, first woman in champ off-road history to win a pro race. You're right on the edge of possibly being the first woman to win a championship here in the Midwest for as long as I can remember uh, in a pro class. Do you step back and like try to take that all in sometimes? Yeah, I, I do. It's um, Like I said, it's one of those things that I don't acknowledge really because I've been around it for so long. So the accomplishments of being the first girl is insane when you think about it. But until I actually step back and think about it, I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm just another driver. It is what it is. But um, yeah, there's definitely times where I think about it with my age and um, being a female and examples of when I raced um, American rally cross back in 2019, that didn't feel real. And that still doesn't feel real. And it's been three years. (laughs) Looking a little bit at, like I said, the task at hand here, you're two points down to Nick Visser. You have two rounds left to decide this championship, and you and him have been battling for that points championship for that lead all year. You were tied coming out of ERX. You were tied coming out of Dirt City. And now entering the final rounds, you're only down by two points. So whichever one of you has the better weekend, basically, you're the champion. What is your mental state like looking at that challenge, and how's the pressure on you right now? I just try to keep the pressure aside and not think about it too much. I mean, I'm just going to go out and do as best as I possibly can. Uh, we originally were going into the weekend thinking it was only going to be one points race. And since they made the schedule where you have two, I'm really excited for that. And I'm actually very excited for Friday night and racing under the lights if it doesn't rain. <laughs> um, yeah. But you'll get all four seasons in one weekend at Crandon. I know. It's, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not created without it. <laughs> racing against Nick specifically, I mean, he's got a ton more seat time in short course than you do. He's been racing on these tracks here in the Midwest for a decade and you're coming to his home track to try to beat him. 
does that make you see yourself as an underdog a little bit or do you not think about it in those terms? Oh, uh, I don't really think about it. I just think it's another driver that we're competing against. And we, me and him have had a great uh, friendship all season and we've been racing great together all season and it's been clean racing and it's been, I assume, fun to watch. It's been fun to race. And I don't know, we're just going to go into it. At least my mindset's just keep as calm as I can and try to do the best I possibly can. Coming into pro spec, nobody really knew what to expect with the class. And even though there's four of you, it's been a super competitive class. Did you think that you would be competing for the championship? Was that part of the expectation? I mean, it's always a goal, no matter what class you're in, no matter how many cars there are. I really had no idea what to expect when Ryan came to me last year and asked about it. I was like, I mean, I'll race it as long as there's more than one truck and there's only four, but it's, I would think some of the best racing. I mean, it's, Possibly more fun than it was even racing a side-by-side with 30 cars on the track. A lot less, uh, well, the way the side-by-side classes have been this year, you're probably feeling really comfortable with choice. Yes, and same with ProLite, to be quite honest. (laughs) So when you're getting ready for the actual race itself, when it's, you know, a couple races before ProSpec is about to hit the track, do you have any superstitions, any rituals, or, you know, any tricks to calm your nerves a little bit? Not really. I just try to... Actually, I try not to think about the race because if I go up and I'm thinking about it, then I'll overthink everything that I do. So I pretty much go up and I try to talk as much as I can and avoid the conversation of driving because when I think about it, I overthink it. So if I can keep my mind off of it until the truck fires up and we're rolling onto the track, I normally do pretty good. What about Crandon itself? I mean, does that, obviously Land Rush Start is is unique to Champ Off-Road. Does that does that put more stress on you mentally, emotionally as a driver compared to some of the other tracks? I wouldn't say. And the reason I wouldn't say personally is just because I grew up on dirt bikes and it's the same scenario. Yeah, so it's second nature for you to, to be competing for two race lines out of a, a bunch of trucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This weekend, obviously, World Championship weekend, it's the biggest event in our sport. And this weekend's probably going to once again be the biggest of all time for short course off-road racing what's it like to race in that atmosphere you know you got the parade on friday you get to meet mingle with all the fans obviously the stands are going to be packed what's it like to actually race in that atmosphere it's just to me i try to block it out in a way and it just make it another race as is but seeing all the fans and the crowds and just everybody that shows up to it is crazy because it makes you realize how big the sport actually is do you try to take some time during Labor Day weekend, though, and just soak that in and appreciate that you're a part of something so big? Absolutely. I think whether I'm racing or not on on Sunday is when everything really hits you and you realize how big everything is and just how crazy this sport actually, I mean, it is. So you've also raced some other really big events in other forms of motorsports. Like, you know, last year you raced at uh, Chili Bowl. You've been to, like you said, some big rallycross events. How does this weekend compare to some of those events? I would say Chili Bowl is absolutely insane. It is, it's basically a Crandon, but for a week and a half. <laughs> um, and I also race World Finals. His World Finals is uh, for World of Outlaws. And that race is also insane. It's just not nearly as hectic. It's about the equivalent of, of Spring Crandon, not Fall Crandon, but... Um, both events I've been very grateful to run and are both insane, but I would say that Fall Crane is probably the biggest party, I guess you could say. Obviously a lot riding on this weekend, but looking beyond that into the future for you know your career in short course and beyond, 
how far do you think you'll go in short course racing? Is it something you want to pursue for a long time? I It definitely is something I want. Um, no plans are final for next year, actually, at the moment. Um, but it doesn't mean anything's not being talked about or coming up. If I had the opportunity, I'd go race a Pro 4 truck tomorrow. But, you know, that takes time. <laughs> so we just like to make it as far at the chain as we can. And I'll be happy with whatever comes my way. What about beyond short course? Obviously, you've kind of followed a career path of a lot of drivers who've moved on to much bigger series starting at such a young age. Do you have aspirations to move beyond short course into, you know, asphalt oval racing? Um, at the moment, I don't have anything set for oval or for asphalt oval. I also race um, sprint cars, but that could be sure. a career too. But at the moment, if I pretty much would take any opportunity that would come my way, whether it be IMSA or NASCAR or SST or short course or circle track, I don't care. Pretty much anything. I There's not much I would say no to. Like I said before, wheels wheels in a motor and you're just down to party? Yeah, pretty much. So what about the rest of this calendar year? What's next for you after World Championship weekend here this weekend? We are going to try to run as many sprint car races as we can up until World Finals in Charlotte. And since that's an hour from my house, we'll be racing there and doing the best we can. As long as we do better than last year, I'll be happy. <laughs> um, and after that, I don't really have much for the rest of the year after November since holidays and off season and everything else that comes so you do actually take a break sometimes kind of i mean there's still things <laughs> that go on but there's not big races all right well uh i appreciate you taking some time to be on the podcast here i do have one more question for you when the dust settles on saturday night who is going to be the prospect points champion the person you're talking to right now that's a good answer i like that confidence all right well thanks for taking some time safe travels up to crandon and we'll catch up with you at the track this weekend thank you well, that is just about it for this episode of the Champ Off-Road Podcast, presented by Amsoil. Nothing left to do at this point, but travel on up to Crandon, Wisconsin. World Championship Weekend, the final points rounds of the Champ Off-Road season, waiting just a couple days away. Racing, of course, starts on Friday at 2 p.m. Central Time. I can tell you, you've really got to make it to Crandon and check out World Championship Weekend. There is no motorsports event like it in the world, but if you can't make it, as always, you can find us on Flow Racing. Again, racing on Friday starts at 2 p.m. Central Time, and that will culminate with a Class 11 race in which I will be co-riding in one of those cars, and of course, racing all day Saturday as well, starting at 9 a.m. Central Time. The final round for sportsmen, final round for all the pros, and of course, the pro light debut of our very own Brent Smith. That's something else you're not going to want to miss this weekend. But that'll do it for this one. Thanks, everybody, for listening. For Brent Smith, I'm Shane Stetsny, and this is the Amsoil Championship Off-Road Podcast presented by Amsoil. We'll talk to you from Crandon soon. Thanks for listening to the Champ Off-Road Podcast presented by Amsoil.